got a series of questions I want to begin with this morning that, that uh, seem a little bit negative. When a tornado brings down a church full of worshipers on a Sunday morning, was Jesus in attendance? When a church van hits a patch of ice and crashes, killing several teens on their way to a youth event, was Jesus in the van? Was Jesus at the church picnic in Nokomis some years ago when a car crashed through the pavilion and killed two people, including the 17-month-old son of the preacher? Was Jesus there? Now, sometimes we get the idea that if Jesus is present, nothing bad will happen. The sisters of Lazarus certainly believed it. So when he became gravely ill, they sent for Jesus. But by the time he got there, Lazarus had been dead four days. Well, let's reestablish the scene before taking a look at the reaction of Martha, Mary, and their friends to Jesus' arrival in Bethany. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. Now, we began a look at this narrative last week, and you may recall that when Jesus received word that Lazarus was sick, he responded by saying, that the sickness would not end in death, but would result in glory for God and for the Son of God. But then he tarried two days in Perea across the Jordan before beginning his journey to Bethany. By the time he arrived, Lazarus was dead and had been in the tomb four days. All hope was gone. It was too late. The body had begun to decompose. Lazarus was dead, and the household had begun the process of mourning. Friends from Jerusalem had come to console Martha and Mary, and together they had no doubt entered into the prescribed periods of mourning. For three days, they had wept and wailed and openly expressed their grief. By now, they had settled into the more subdued remaining four days of deep mourning. During this time, the furniture in the house would be turned to face the wall, and everyone would sit on the floor or on small stools. They wouldn't wash, anoint themselves, wear shoes, or engage in any kind of study or business. After that, they would enter into a period of lighter mourning that would last 30 days. Well, they were still in deep mourning when Jesus arrived at the outskirts of the village and word was received that Jesus was coming. The first response we see is that of Martha. And it's an interesting picture of faith that had been disappointed but is still very much alive. Continuing in John Chapter 11, starting with verse 20. 
Martha, therefore, when she learned that Jesus was coming, went to meet him. But Mary still sat in the house. Martha, therefore, said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother shall rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord. I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. And When she had said this, she went away and called Mary, her sister, saying, the teacher is here and is calling for you. When word came that Jesus was coming, Mary stayed where she was, but Martha went to see Jesus. Now that tells us something of her desire to see him. And her first words were, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, it's impossible to know how those words were spoken. They could have been harsh and accusatory. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Or they could have been filled with sorrow and simple regret. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Either way, there was certainly disappointment in her voice. Her brother had died. Jesus had said his sickness wouldn't end in death, and she believed that if Jesus had been there, he wouldn't have died. But Jesus hadn't been there, and her brother had died. Now, I don't think she blamed Jesus for his death, but she was disappointed that he hadn't been there, and that he hadn't done something to save her brother. She didn't, however, write Jesus off. She quickly added, even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Now, it's hard to know what she's really suggesting here. Is she simply stating that she still had faith in Jesus and his relationship to the Father? That she realized it was too late to do anything about Lazarus, but she still believed Jesus could do good for others? Or... Is she saying she still thought Jesus could do something about Lazarus? Is there a a veiled hope being expressed here? We can't be sure. Jesus responded, your brother shall rise again. Now, if she had hope that Jesus would still do something about Lazarus, she doesn't really show it here. When he said, your brother shall rise again, she responded, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. She took Jesus' words as words of consolation, and she believed them. There was consolation in the fact that he would live again, and she believed it. But that's not what Jesus was saying here. He was telling her what he was going to do, but she didn't hear it. So he added, I am the resurrection and the life. 
Now that is the fifth I am in John. There will be seven. Just as John records seven signs or miracles indicating who Jesus is, there's a sense of completion in the number seven. Jesus had said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall live even if he dies, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And Martha believed there would be a resurrection on the last day. But she apparently did not understand that it was Jesus who is the resurrection and the life. It is Jesus who brings life out of death. Death is not the end for Jesus or for those who believe in him, who trust in him. Death is merely the passage from life to life, from this life to eternal life for believers who die. And believers who are alive when Jesus returns will be changed in a moment. They will be given their eternal bodies without having to suffer the death of this body. Paul makes all this very clear in 1 Thessalonians 4. You may want to read that in its entirety. And we believe it. We understand it. But did Martha? So Jesus asked her pointedly, do you believe this? I love her answer. In spite of the fact that she really didn't understand why Jesus hadn't done something to save her brother, she said, yes, Lord, I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. I believed and I continue to believe, the grammar makes that clear, that you are the Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah. I don't understand why you didn't hurry to get here. I don't understand why you didn't heal my brother. I don't understand why you let my brother die. But I still believe in you. Now, I like that kind of faith. I like that kind of faith. And after assuring Jesus that she still had faith in him, Martha left to tell Mary that he wanted to see her. And she came. Mary's faith wasn't quite like Martha's. Let's read on. And when she, Mary, heard it, she arose quickly and was coming to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha met him. The Jews then who were with her in the house and consoling her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Therefore, when Mary came to where Jesus was, she saw him and fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled and said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Yeah, Mary's confidence in Jesus wasn't quite as strong as Martha. When Martha heard Jesus was coming, she went to him. Mary needed an invitation. But when the invitation came, she did respond. She wasn't so hurt that she wanted nothing to do with Jesus. 
but she hadn't been quite as eager to see him. She was hurt. She was confused. She had been disappointed. She didn't understand why he hadn't come sooner. She was obviously a little more hesitant to go to him than Martha had been, but she went. And when those who were with her saw her leave so quickly, they followed, thinking she was going to the tomb to weep, but she was going to Jesus. And when she got there, she fell at his feet and cried, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. It's the same thing. Martha had said. They had no doubt said it many times to each other. If Jesus had been here, Lazarus would be alive. Now, if there had been an accusatory tone in Martha's voice, I doubt that there was any in Mary's. She was in despair. And I really don't think she fell at Jesus' feet in worship. I think she fell in utter exasperation and helplessness, looking for comfort from Jesus. She was distraught at the death of her brother and probably distraught with Jesus. But she knew he loved her. If only he'd been there, he would have done something. She was weeping. The friends who came with her were weeping, and Jesus was touched by their grief. The words deeply moved or troubled can indicate anger, and Jesus may have been angry at sin and death for the pain it was causing. But he wasn't angry with Mary or the other mourners. He simply asked where Lazarus had been laid, and then he wept. The word used here describes the simple shedding of tears. It describes a quiet, subdued expression of emotion in contrast to the open weeping of the mourners. But Jesus wept. Why? Well, some suggest it was because of their unbelief. And some suggest it was because he missed Lazarus. Others suggest it was because he knew he was going to bring Lazarus back from paradise and he felt sorry for him. I think it was simply because others were crying and he identified with their pain. You know, when I preach a funeral, the thing most likely to make me break down is the sorrow being expressed by the family and friends. We're touched by the pain of others. And so is Jesus. I treasure that picture of my Lord, and I'm sure you do too. Let's go on to the faith of friends. And so the Jews were saying, behold how he loved him. But some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of him who was blind have kept this man also from dying? The friends thought Jesus was crying because he missed Lazarus. Behold, how he loved him, they exclaimed. And Jesus did love Lazarus and Martha and Mary. When word was sent to him, the sisters had said, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. No one doubted his love for Lazarus, but they did not understand why he hadn't done anything. 
The friends who had come from Jerusalem to console Martha and Mary were Jews, and John calls them the Jews, a phrase he used to indicate Jews of authority. So these were most likely influential Jews, Jewish leaders. They knew about Jesus. They had heard of his miracles. They knew he had healed the man born blind, and they couldn't understand why he hadn't done something to save his friend. You know, sometimes it is harder for a third party to accept what's happening than it is for someone who's directly involved, and that may be the case here. They really didn't know Jesus, but they knew about him. And what had happened just didn't make sense to them, so they were ready to just write him off. Surely, he could have done something, but he didn't. They figured that was the end of it, but it wasn't as we'll discover next week. At this point, however, no one knew what Jesus was going to do. And everyone thought he should have or could have done more than he did. So if we'd been there, who would we have been most like? You know, when bad things happen to good people, to Christians in particular, do we react like the Jews who in complete bewilderment said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this from happening? Do we begin to doubt our Lord's involvement in life and decide if that's the way he treats those he loves, we're better off without him? I hope not. You know, some who thought they were better off without him, no doubt changed their mind when they discovered that death was not the end for Jesus or for those who love him. And if we are beginning to doubt him, I trust we'll remember that as well. Then maybe we react more like Mary. When we don't understand why he's allowed something to happen, we just sit there. We don't seek him out. We just sit there and wait for someone to come to us and, and say, hey, Jesus is here. He wants to talk to you. You better go to him. And when we come into his presence, we don't know what to say, so we simply fall at his feet and pour out our grief, trusting that he'll be moved by our grief and at least cry with us if he can do nothing else at the moment. If that's if that's the best we can do, that's okay. He'll take it from there. Or maybe we're more like Martha. We march right up to Jesus and say, where were you? I don't understand why you weren't here or why you didn't do something, but I still do believe in you. I know you're the Christ, the Son of God. And I'll believe in you even if I don't understand everything you do or don't do. Besides, you really don't owe me an explanation. And I do know that everything will be all right someday. And I'm looking forward to that day. I'll just trust you until then. No matter what happens, I'll take you at your word I believe you are the resurrection and the life, 
And that's all I really need to know. So what about you this morning? Are you a friend, a Mary, or a Martha? Your faith may not be as strong as some, but I pray you do believe in Jesus. And if you believe in him and trust him, he will not let you down. Not in the end. Now, things may look hopeless for the moment, and you may be going through unbelievable pain, but let me assure you that he's crying with you. And if you trust him, he'll make sure things do turn out right. You can count on it. He went through death himself to prove it. No matter what happens, whether we understand it or not, we can still trust him. The resurrection takes away our fears. Jesus willingly went to the cross and died so he could rise again and give us confidence in his power over death. So no matter what happens, we can trust him. He can bring life out of death. He can bring joy out of sorrow. He can bring a sense of peace out of utter confusion and loss. And Jesus is calling us to come to him for comfort, for encouragement, for confidence, whatever we might need at the moment. And Jesus may be calling for you this morning. If you sense that he is, I invite you to come and express your faith and your trust in him. I invite you to do it publicly. If you confess him before men, he will confess you before the Father in heaven. Come, acknowledge who he is and what he's done for you. Jesus is calling.